I'm all about building communities, celebrating unique journeys, and sharing stories about the paths people have taken to enter the tech industry. Join me as we explore the skills my guests have learned in their prior jobs, schooling, or life experiences, and how they apply them to their current roles in tech. My guest today is a software developer based in Philadelphia. She is a huge proponent of inclusion, accessibility, and community building. Her career thus far has centered around creating educational content focused on making the tech industry more accessible to everyone. She's been able to work with amazing companies such as Code Sandbox, DigitalOcean, and Egghead.io, to name a few. When I first started in digital marketing, right, my mindset was like, maybe I can do digital marketing so eventually I can transition into tech. And like now that kind of was like coming through where it was like the digital marketing experience is like helping me get to where I want to go now. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, and this is We Belong Here, Lessons from Unconventional Paths to Tech. Her name is Sierra Ford. Sierra, welcome to We Belong Here. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you today. I am so happy to have you. Uh, Let's start at the beginning, shall we? Yes. Let's do it. Okay, so can you tell me more about the experiences that you had before you entered the tech industry? Yeah, of course. So way, way, way before I was in the tech industry, I was um, in childcare. I worked at a daycare for a little while. Um, Had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, it, it, it was nice to get to work with kids. I really like kids, but the pay was not great. <laughs> and oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I had always had like a important work. Like, yeah, yeah absolutely. But I had always had like um, an interest in in technology, even as like a kid. Um, I always thought like gadgets and phones and computers and all that stuff was like really, really cool. Um, never could afford it, but I still thought it was cool. And I tried to keep up with all those kind of things. So I kind of, once I figured out that coding was a thing, I kind of was like, oh, maybe this is something that I would be interested in. But I kind of like left it at the back of my mind, um, and Mm -hmm. never really pursued it. Um, after I was in childcare for a minute, I, um, started doing digital marketing, uh, freelance. Yeah. And I worked with some small companies, a couple small tech companies. I worked with makeup company, Um, and then, uh, the pandemic started in March, (laughs) as we all know, March, 2020, like really hit my area really hard then and digital marketing. Yes. Yeah. And I uh, lost all my, my clients then. And I kind of was at a point where it was like, oh no, what am I going to do? Like (laughs) Mm -hmm. I had no freelance clients left. They had all like, uh, cut our contracts short. So Um, I kind of said like, okay, I've been trying, I've been thinking about this tech industry thing. I've Mm -hmm. been like trying to learn how to code on and off and I'm really going to like jump head first in. So since then, I've really been trying my best to like um, leverage the community, create content and learn as much as I can to like get where I want to go and like really take this seriously. So that's how I kind of... The full leap, if you will, into it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And up till then, I had like made tons of excuses like, oh, you know, eventually like I'll learn. And But at that point, I had nothing to lose. So it was like either, either I, you know, you go big or you go home. So that's what I decided to do. Yeah. So curious, take me back to the time when you were exploring, you know, digital marketing. Why was that the route that you originally pursued and why not coding, I guess, in the first place? Yeah. 
So there were a couple things that like went into my decision. First off, I was really intimidated by the tech industry because I heard Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I had heard I a lot of like <laughs> I heard a lot of horror stories and I heard mm-hmm. that like uh you know they don't treat women very well, they don't treat people mm-hmm. of color very well. Mm-hmm. Um and then I aside from that, I knew that it was hard to get your first job. So right. um I was like maybe I was kind of thinking like what could I do adjacent to to coding that mm-hmm. like maybe I could transition into like coding uh, later on. Yeah, so I, was, yeah, yeah. Maybe, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like my process was like maybe I could start in digital marketing and then transition like to a role in the the development department, like wherever I ended up working at. Um, but what really made me take the jump was that um, I had a friend who had just started her own company and she needed help with web development and social media marketing. And I was okay. really yeah. intimidated <laughs> by web development. At that point, I was like, I don't think I could do this. Like, I don't think I could do this all on my own. So mm-hmm. I decided to, to do the digital marketing for her to do the social media right. marketing and community management. So I kind of took that and ran with it. Right. Um, and then I kind of like, you know how when you start in a on a subject and you go down a rabbit hole, that's mm-hmm. pretty much what happened with digital marketing. I kind of like started with that and like mm-hmm. stuck to it and got distracted from like my original, original goal of uh, learning to code. Sure. And like developed an expertise and we're like, oh, I'm good at this. So might as yeah. well continue chasing it. And then suddenly like, yeah, pandemic hits and you're like, wait, wait, that wasn't the goal anyway. <laughs> right, right. It kind of like refocused me is basically what happened. Uh, like, that's so yeah. interesting. It's, I think it's really fascinating to find the silver linings in anything, right? And so to see it from that lens of, okay, it allowed me to get back on the trajectory I was hoping to be working towards in the first place uh, and really dedicate myself to development and, uh, this career in coding. Uh, so, okay. So take me there. So once you decided to like go all in on making the transition from digital marketing to a career in web development, like what did that look like for you? So that was a, that was a pretty wild ride. (laughs) Like it wasn't wasn't even a year ago, but like so much has happened since then. I I know I was looking at your LinkedIn. I was like, wow, this is all really recent, but that's also incredible because yeah, I can really relate to that too, of how much our lives can change in just a year time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I've had a lot of experience packed into a really short amount of time. Mm -hmm. So, um, Mm -hmm. what, Another thing that kind of, which I failed to mention, that kind of contributed to me like refocusing on tech was that um, around that time, like February, March, I also received a scholarship from Udacity for their cloud DevOps engineering program. So cool. Yeah. So those are like two things that happen at the same time. So I lost all my digital marketing clients and then I just got this uh, scholarship. So I was kind of like, you know what, I'm just going to focus fully on this. I'm going to get into the cloud engineering thing. At that point, I had no idea what it was. I didn't know what cloud was. I didn't know what DevOps was, but I was like, you know what, forget it. I'm like, I have this. Who cares? Right. I'm going to take it along with it. So um, along with that, I went like head on into the the cloud engineering program and Mm -hmm. I decided like I'm going to also uh, try to focus more on like content creation. So when I did digital marketing, I had done some writing for uh, a coding bootcamp like as their digital marketer. I did like a lot of content creation. Um, and because I had like kind of some basic web development experience at that point, mm-hmm. I like wrote a couple like simple HTML, CSS um, articles for them that like kind of directed people to their bootcamp website um, oh, for cool. like a, 
yeah, yeah. for like further learning. Um, and I, I was like, let me take this and like turn it into my own thing, you know, do it from, for myself this time instead of for someone else. Interesting. So I started to, yeah, it was, and it was like one of the best decisions I ever made. Like, I think, uh, as far as like my career is concerned is like writing because that got me a lot of attention and like in a good way. I don't mean like an attention seeker kind of thing, but like, it opened up a lot of doors for me. Exactly. That folks yeah. in the community are saying, oh, that was a great article or I loved that piece. I want to learn more about this person. And yeah, that can open up doors and just build relationships in general. I think yeah. a lot of folks come on here talking about the power, like write it down, write a blog, anything. And I think this is just a moment of like repetition. Listeners, if you're fighting the idea of do it, like just do it, rip the bandaid yeah. off and start it. And it, uh, I know how terrifying that can be though too. <laughs> but once again, it rings true that like it was really, really helpful for you. Yeah, it and it really, really was. And it, it was terrifying. But um I, I went <laughs> totally. ahead with it. <laughs> I went ahead with it. And I kinda I kinda had the mindset that like I'm doing this for myself. Cause um when you start writing, it's almost like you're teaching. And when you teach, you uh, end up learning better yep. yourself. A hundred percent. Yeah, like you kind of conquer two goals yes. at one time. So um I started out with something like it wasn't very technical, it was a really reflective article. I think it was called something like five mistakes I I made my first year learning to code, which I basically talked about how like I kind of wasn't focused on coding and I wasted a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Like while I was doing, I was like focused on digital marketing. So I was like dividing my attention between a bunch of different things at once, which yeah, spreading um, yourself too thin. Exactly. Which sure. mean, meant that like, I didn't really accomplish anything my first year of like quote unquote learning how to code. So the point of that article was kind of to set the record straight. Like I'm putting myself out there as someone who's really taking learning how to code seriously. To clear it for the world. Yeah. Okay. Can I ask a very technical question about that? Or maybe that's not the right word, but did you host that on Medium or did you put it out on your own blog? Because people ask that quite a bit too, of like, where should I publish it? So I didn't have my own blog at that point. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like know how to create my own blog at that point, really. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so good point. That doesn't need to be a blocker though. Yeah. And it definitely yeah. shouldn't be. Um, but, yeah, I decided yeah. to go with, with uh dev.2. I good. feel like yes. it's a, yes. That's a great the spot. platform. Yes. And it's like a right. great community as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I think because it's like focused on development, you can get a lot more interest and like eyes on your, your work there too. Mm-hmm. So that's where I posted this article. Like, Again, I didn't, like, if you look at it from the outside looking in or, like, in retrospect, like, I was totally unprepared for this. Like, <laughs> I I didn't have my own blog. I didn't even know how to create my own no. blog. Like, I was, like, totally, like, just probably, I, you know, thinking now I probably should, like, would have thought to wait. But I just was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm not going to think too hard about it. So I decided to go with um, Dev.2. And yeah. So yeah, I wrote this article and I basically was like, here are the five things I did wrong and here's how I'm going to fix them. Like, mm, uh, and that. it was supposed to be reflective for me to like keep me accountable. Like people sure. are going to see this and they're going to be like, now they're going to be watching me and following my work on Dev.2 on Twitter, like to see how I progress. So it was like a way to keep myself accountable. And I was like, now I'm focusing on cloud engineering and this is going to be my thing and I'm going to take <laughs> this and run with it. Like, and I want you all to keep me accountable. So that's basically uh, what I had done to like really kind of like set the record straight and like get myself started on the right foot. Yeah. Day one so, in my journey. Exactly. Here we go. Join yes. me. Yeah. Here we go. So I think I, I posted that in April of 2020. And 
like I said, I had like started to go, I decided to go like full on encoding in March of 2020. So like a month later, okay. I posted this, this article and, um, <laughs> that like that article, I mentioned that a lot because that was like a pivotal moment in my like career because through that, I got connected with some lovely people at Egghead IO. So mm. I, yeah, this is what I'm saying when I mean like, Putting yourself out there is scary, but it's like a great thing to do career-wise. So Definitely. I, I shared the article on Twitter like a couple times, like, you know, uh, hey, like I just wrote this article, like check it out if you want to. And I did it like three or four times, like a tweet about the same article three or four times. Sure. And one of the founders of Egghead IO, he saw my tweet and he kind of commented under it, like, would you be willing to do an, uh, a talk at egghead like on this topic and I was like what <laughs> like me <laughs> and I was like of course so um that kind of started my relationship with like the folks at egghead um so I they he kind of like sent me the link to, to fill out the CFP they have like a continuous um CFP that's like always open it's not like they have like a conference on a certain date like they can set right. it up according to your availability, whenever that is. So I filled that out and I hadn't heard for them for maybe like a couple of weeks and I kind of like left it at the back burner. So I kind of was like still going ahead with my Udacity program. I think I like by then had written another article like kind of on the same topic of me learning how to code and the strategies I'm using to keep myself accountable sure. and all that kind of sure. stuff. A follow-up, yeah. Yeah. And then maybe like a couple, a few weeks later, someone from Egghead reached out to me via Twitter. They DM'd me. He DM'd me and he was basically like, are you still interested in giving this talk? And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, like, definitely. I never wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, of course. How can I say no? Hello, We Belong Here listeners. Today's episode is sponsored by the new We Belong Here Discord community. I recently have been thinking about ways to continue the conversation with guests after each episode, to foster our community, share resources, and stay connected to both the guests and listeners. And I'm excited because we've created a We Belong Here Discord server. What is Discord, you might be asking? Well, it's a voice, video, and text communication service to talk and hang out with your friends and communities. I know, neat, right? It will be a place for us to connect, share resources, mentor, and build community together. Everyone is welcome, and it promises to be an incredibly inclusive space. It's important to me that everyone has an inclusive community where everyone feels welcome and supported, and this could be yours. If this sounds like something you'd be interested in joining, please do. The link to join is bit.ly slash webelongdiscord. That's B-I-T dot ly forward slash we belong discord d-i-s-c-o-r-d or find a link in my bio on twitter or instagram at lolo coding i'm super excited to see you there so um after that i kind of like went through the process of like getting set up and scheduling and everything and then i found out that they have a program um, or a position there called a learner advocate. And basically mm. what, what you do in that position is you're a person who um, they give you access to their all their course, their whole like course catalog. <gasps> and you get to take the courses and you write uh, like public notes on the courses that are available oh my on GitHub for people to check out. And then you also go to their um, 
their the workshops that they have by industry experts and you kind of act as like a mediator between attendees oh, and the, the the workshop host yeah it's like a really great program for okay for people, i mean like you know, like this community is incredible. You know, when you hear about things like that, like that. And so actually let's back up. Egghead it um is content curriculum for those learning and wanting to kind of level up new yes. skills. Um, and so we sh- should have declared that beforehand. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> we went too deep. But um, yes, okay, that is really, really cool. What a g- incredible opportunity. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just to like have access to the courses and then to be able to, yeah, kind of participate in the dialogue of that education and like when events are happening for the community as well. I mean, wow. Very cool. Love that. Yeah. And they pay you like that's, the, that's oh. like a, and I, I know that should like be, that should be a given, but like that doesn't happen all the time with like positions like that, where mm-hmm. they actually like compensate you for the work you're doing. Yeah. Not I, a lot of champion programs. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, that's, that is cool. I love it. Yeah. I love to hear that. Yeah. Very cool. So it was like a really great opportunity for me at that point in time in my like um, journey into tech. Mm-hmm. Again, like here's this idea of like writing about code so that you understand it a little bit better. Like I was taking courses in Python and I had to like write about it um, for the notes that would be posted on GitHub. Mm -hmm. So that was and then like, again, we were um, attending workshops led by industry experts. So this is like me getting exposed to these like uh, people who are like senior developers and things like that. Yeah. So. I, building I was, those relationships and yeah. like, yeah, kind of getting in front of that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like a really good place for me to be at like the right, the perfect time. Um, mm-hmm. So I was doing this for a few months, a couple months, I should say. I'm still going through my Udacity course with cloud engineering. That was like AWS. And um, it was the the whole journey was super rewarding, but I did have moments where I was like, I, am I doing the right thing? Like, is this, is this right? Am I learning the right things? Like I was just a little bit, um, you know, you, you go through those moments when you're, I think at any point in your career, but especially like at the very beginning in your career oh into gosh. tech. Yeah. You go through these moments where you're like, I don't know if this is the right way to go. Like, am I learning the right things? Right. Um, and it's easy to play the compare game on Twitter and yeah. see how what other people are doing and what they're building. And then you look at your curriculum and you're like, wait, that's not what I'm doing. And yeah, yeah. It's just, that's complicated. And it's, it's hard to stay. I don't know, uh, like, just to keep a blind eye to that stuff is impossible. And so I, yeah. I certainly can understand those emotions. Um, yeah, because I was going to ask you about how did the focus for the cloud, like AWS, all of that kind of develop, but it sounds like Udacity, uh, that was a part of that portion of the that world. Yeah, so that was okay. like what cool. kind of um, kept me involved in the whole cloud engineering side of things. Sure, sure. And um, I was like, I had a lot of moments where like imposter syndrome came through or like, I just was like, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. And like, I was super confused sometimes, but um, again, mm-hmm. the thing that made the difference about me focusing on code this time around was that I was, I stuck with it. Like, yeah, I think like rewind back to the year before when I was learning how to code, I think in 2019, I was like, you know, I would let those moments discourage me so much that I would be like, I'm just going to go back to digital marketing and focus yeah, you on let that. Them like, win. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. But yeah. Um, the important <sighs> thing is to kind of push through them, like acknowledge the feelings that like everybody feels this way, but you have to like keep going. And yes. thankfully that was something I did. And I think because I had like a community this time, like through mm-hmm. Egghead, through Twitter and stuff like that, um, it kind of helped me to keep going to like stay focused on 
on yeah. like what the ultimate goal was. So, so yeah, right. that was to like, have that uh, broad view and to then yeah. embed that resiliency and grit within yourself every single day, but also then to have the community to go back to and say, I'm feeling this way, you know, help me stay on track. There's an accountability yeah. piece there too. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it sounds like it happened at the right time then though, you know, Absolutely. in a way. Yeah. yeah, like everything seemed to be like falling into place at the right time, mm-hmm. which I recognize now, even though like when you're in it, you're like panicking all the time. But um, of course, now of course. in retrospect, <laughs> like, oh, it went actually really well. Like I shouldn't have panicked mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, this was like my uh, I was starting with the content creation. I had this relationship going on with uh, Egghead. I was like doing my thing there. And then in the summer, this all seems like it was so long ago, but this was really just a few months ago. Like I, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, 2020 was such a long year, like a long no, but short year. A lot can happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like your life can really change like really it, fast. But... It can. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So the summer of 2020, I yep. landed a role with Koa Klossy where I was working as an instructor assistant for their web development course. Basically, what Koa Klossy is, is a nonprofit organization where they host camps throughout the United States where they Mm -hmm. teach girls how to code, um, either how to code an app or a website. And and these are students from ages 13 to 18. And Mm -hmm. um, they sometimes have no computer science experience. So this is the role that I was in, again, like teaching, um, even as a beginner, teaching other people to like help me learn better. Um, Mm -hmm. myself, which was really difficult because it was a remote camp. And again, you're teaching kids who have no experience with coding sometimes. Of course it was. Yeah. 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 And like you have to help them debug. And I was explaining to someone, uh, this to someone uh, the other day, like sometimes, especially with people who don't have like a whole lot of CS experience and you're kind of teaching really fast. Like sometimes they would come like, I don't, my design is like not rendering the right way. And you go into their code base and you see that like the whole CSS file is just incorrect. <laughs> and like the fix right. this one issue, you will probably have to fix everything. So you kind of have to gauge like, okay, how can I make this like a teaching moment where the student isn't discouraged because they did a lot of things wrong, mm-hmm. but they also like mm-hmm. the issue. Like it was a lot of that, like decision making. And not do it and, all for them. And exactly, yeah. Yeah. Like, it was a lot of things that went into that. And it was like a really valuable experience, but it was Definitely. exhausting. <laughs> like teaching oh, is really gosh. exhausting work. So kudos to all the teachers out there. It's like rewarding, but like a lot of, a lot of effort, emotions go into it mm-hmm. but the the really rewarding thing about it was that like each camp that I taught every student contributed to a final project um and they finished their final projects by the end of it which was super impressive and they were cool. building these websites that like were beautiful and like informative and about like causes they believed in like climate change and things like that so mm. it was like a really really nice experience so um I pretty much ended that position in like August because it was like just for the summer Sure. And then I got a contract gig with DigitalOcean as a technical writer. Um, nice. I was, yeah, yeah, they that have was, a great like technical writing program. I love that. Yeah, they really do. Um, cool. So again, like going back to this, uh, a major theme in my career has been teaching, either like actual teaching through like a camp or through writing um, as a way to like help me learn things better because... Mm-hmm. Up till then, 
up till like September, I had been focused mostly on like cloud engineering and Python and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I knew some JavaScript, I knew some like basic web development, but like my knowledge was really like kind of had a lot of holes in it because I like stopped and started um, sure. over and over again. Then when I taught through Co with Clossy, that helped me fill in some of the gaps. Yes. And then at DigitalOcean, a lot of my writing had to do with JavaScript, TypeScript, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. again, I'm like diving in and I'm having to write about these things or yes. edit someone else's writing about this, this thing, these topics, um, which helped me to learn things better. Like even sometimes I'll like look back at some of my old tweets and I can see when I'm starting, how I'm starting to progress, like with my knowledge with JavaScript. Yeah. So this yeah. is when my like focus your vernacular suddenly is like yeah, advanced. Yeah. Right? yeah, it's changing. Yeah. And so it's neat when you kind of can supplementally add these things to your, I don't know if you imagine it, like a just your Rolodex of what you understand. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. neat. That's, uh, oh, that's so great. What a cool opportunity to be able to write with them because then, yeah, as you said, you just like you're building and you're then getting the excuse to just continue creating as you go. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like a a really, really valuable experience. Wonderful. Yeah. Like it, I've had like a lot of experiences that, um, allowed me to grow and Mm -hmm. I haven't um, necessarily like contributed to a product code base, but I've been able to do a lot of content creation, a lot of teaching, which I think Mm -hmm. is still very valuable valuable. experience. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well then take me to today and tell me about your work at Code Sandbox. Yes, yes. So I literally <laughs> just started, like as of today, I just started last Monday. Ah. Um, yeah, I'm really excited because this role to me is like a really good combination of all yeah. the, the skills I have. So I am a developer marketing coordinator at Code Sandbox. So I kind of do a lot of like developer relations um, yeah. with a lot of, um, and developer relations is a really cool uh, place to be in the industry. It's got mm-hmm. like a, a a lot of a lot of things going on. So you have to have some coding knowledge. You kind of sit at the intersection between like product development, marketing, and like community. So you're like yeah. in the company internally, you're the face of the community, but externally in the community, you're the face you're of the, the company. Face of the, yep, exactly. Right. And wear lots of many hats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is a lot of fun for me because definitely in the past, like two years, I've worn a lot of different hats. So like I've done content creation, I've done teaching, I've done public speaking, I've done digital marketing. So my, my skills, even though I don't have a ton of experience, my skills all together kind of build up to be that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I had this realization after, you know, through Egghead, a lot of their instructors are in developer relations. I'm a part of some like um, Discord communities and Slack communities for developers where there were a lot of people in DevRel and just hearing them talking, asking them questions, I kind of was like, mm-hmm. this kind of sounds like what I'm doing, Seems right? Seems like this case that, yeah, it's calling your name. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And even like, I've said this before, but I feel like when you are um, learning how to code, especially if you're like self-taught, I noticed that a lot of self-taught people do a lot of things that are um, adjacent to DevRel, like you're to get like attention and to network your writing articles. Sure. And some people do speak at conferences and things like that, which mm-hmm. all are skills that go um with go that, right along yeah. with developer relations. Right. Mm-hmm. So um when my contract with Digital Ocean was ending, I kind of was mm-hmm. like, I don't know if they're gonna extend the contract. Sure. So I was like, what's my next move? Like, do I wanna 
go into development full time, like as a software developer or web developer? Sure. Do I want oh, to go I back to that? Was a tough like cross moment of figuring it out what it really was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I had a lot of conversations with some people that I knew. Um, I did a lot of reading, a lot of research to kind of really figure out like, what do I want to do next? Like, what's my next move? Do I want to sure. stick with technical writing? Do I want to? Um, do I want to do developer relations? And I kind of figured out like. Uh, I did like the the pros and cons list in the like, here's what I really yeah. like to, you know, I really like, right. I like coding, but I like community stuff. And I like, I still like digital marketing. And, and I kind of felt like I was still good at it. I had helped a few of my friends who like were launching um, their own side projects or um, products or even their own eBooks. Um, I helped them like come up with some digital marketing strategy. And I was like, oh, I'm still kind of good at this. So what what do I want to do next? And right. um, how do I merge all of them really to yeah. wear all the hats, use all my skills? Um, I think there's something really fun about like being able to use your past and like weave that into all the things. So sure, I totally understand that desire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it kind of like... I'm like rewinding a bunch now. When (laughs) I first started in digital marketing, right, my mindset was like, maybe I can do digital marketing so eventually I can transition into tech. And like now that kind of was like coming through where it was like the digital marketing experience is like helping me get to where I want to go now, Um, which I never would have. I kind of predicted, but not really, like not in this way. So yeah, I'm like at this point where I'm like, I was interviewing around. I had a couple of technical interviews that like didn't go so great. So I was like, is this like, is this even like what I want to do? Like, what am I, what am I really looking for? Um, and when I, um, I reached out to someone who like worked at Code Sandbox and I was, we scheduled like a session to talk through Zoom. And I asked her a bunch of questions about like what her experience was like, what were they really looking for? Because again, like I'm still very junior. So I was yeah. like, is this going to be a place where like I can grow and where it's safe for me to ask me questions? For me to- yeah. Give me yeah. learning opportunities. Right, give me right. all the things. Yeah. 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 Smart. Really smart. Yeah. So I was like, um, like looking for a place where where it was okay for me to ask questions and also for me to like work with other people because sometimes like yeah. they want you to be like hit the ground running and to be super independent. And I was like, I'm not ready for yeah. that right now, you know? Yeah. Um, Tell me about the mentorship opportunities. Yeah, Tell me all. Yeah. yeah. I told, yeah. Good for you for asking about that though, because that is like my biggest piece of advice for folks. Like advocate for yourself and figure yeah. out what you need to become a better learner, like in your learning journey, own it. And, yeah. you know, companies will really appreciate that kind of self-awareness though, too. Yeah. And, and that's something I've gotten better with over time. Like I didn't, I didn't hit the ground running, like with this kind of mentality, it's something I learned over time and like talking to other people, like learning that's what they've done to be successful in their career. Um, And again, like really determining, like at this point where I was like, my contract was coming to an end, like, what Mm -hmm. do I want to do next? Answering those questions before I moved forward really helped me figure out what I was going to do in my job search, which which again helped me to like not waste time. Um, And that's really what I had this conversation with her for. I was like, I don't want to apply and go through the interview process just to be rejected Uh, and feel bad about myself and everything. And like, (laughs) I wanted to know, is this really going to be the role for me? So, um, so I ended up applying, even though I felt like I didn't really qualify, I still applied. Oh, um, oof, yes, that's relatable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Good for you, though, so, because that's like, you know, yeah. that's often a thing that blocks us is feeling like we, yeah. you know, aren't qualified and we don't then. But yes, I love that you did. I still want to hit with it. I was like, you know what? It's OK. I'm just going to do it. You know, the worst yes. that could happen is I get a rejection email and it'll be all right. right. So I right. applied um, and I had 
like a few interviews. Um, and this was like, this is funny because this was the first time in my life, like the first time job searching that I had more than one offer at the same time. Oh yes. The power yeah. in that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, what? Like I was, I never would have expected that. So I had oh, two job offers. Yeah. Heck I had yes. two job offers and both like really great companies, really great positions, really great teams. Like, oh, it was really hard. It was a really hard decision to make. But um, in the end, I went with um, Code Sandbox because they kind of like, of all the jobs I had interviewed for, they checked out almost all the boxes that I was looking for. Um, yeah. So far, it's been great. Like... I'm still like, I'm not even two weeks in, <laughs> but yeah. I've really been enjoying my time there so far. So yeah, that was a long story oh to gosh. get to this point. <laughs> no, stop. That's wonderful. And so first off, like how inspirational to like hear your story and how you navigated that space. I, you know, this is exactly what this podcast is all about though, is understanding how others can too. And so being super transparent and like kind of going through each step, I couldn't appreciate that more. Um, oh, great. I tend to ramble sometimes. So, no. okay. Well here, so let me, let us take us back to like a few questions and then we'll get to some rapid fire questions. Okay. Can you share any life lessons that you've learned from since your transition to tech? Yeah. So there are a lot. <laughs> I know that's a big question. I've been trying to think of like, how can I drill that down a bit further? Yeah. But okay. Yes. Go yeah. ahead. If you're really interested in hearing um, like my real long-winded qu- like mm-hmm. answers to this question, anybody can like read my, uh, the article I wrote about like the five lessons I learned because I go really oh, sure. in depth with this, this topic a little okay. bit more there. But one of the things that like is super important that I missed the first time around um, was that I was doing it solo. Like I didn't really get involved in the the, mm. the community like at all. Here in Philadelphia, like there is a developer community, but I wasn't going yeah. to any like local meetups or anything. And the one of the benefits, one of the few benefits of like the um the situation we're in now is that there were a lot of like remote conferences. A lot of people right. were doing more online with their communities. Yeah. So that gave me the opportunity to get more involved without having the barrier of location in the way. Right. Mm-hmm. So getting involved in the community and like reaching out to people and uh, like also being open to asking questions and like not knowing what's going on is really hard. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. But letting go of the ego in that moment and being like, yeah. here, you know what? I I don't know what's happening. None of those yeah. words you just said made sense to me. Can you walk me through that again? <laughs> I, and I do that a lot. I, I got really used to that. Um, and it's yes. still not something I'm like 100% the best at, but yeah. I try to do it like on Twitter, on in Discord communities, and like even at work, like, That's I don't great. know what's going on. I don't know what you just said means. Like, please explain that to me. And right. a lot of times, like, people are more than happy to do, so. not always, but a lot of times people are more than happy to like answer your yeah. questions. And like, so um, true. Yeah. So in short, let me summarize all that. Um, <laughs> community was like key for me and also being open to like, asking questions when I needed help, mm. like two things that really yeah. helped spur on my, my growth thus far. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay. So on that, in that same vein, do you have any advice for those that are wanting to transition into tech that you can share? Yeah. So, uh, I would say like 
find find your your community even i think that's even more than important than finding like your niche like a lot of people mm-hmm. will encourage you to like figure out what tech thing you're going to stick with and like run with that and i think uh-huh. that's important because it gives you focus but like even mm-hmm. more than that like finding your your people like you know at least at least two other people who are like in tech who can help you kind of like guide you along that you can turn to if you have questions um, or if you're feeling unsure of yourself, like you're going to have, I have those moments still. Mm -hmm. I have moments today where you're like, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. Like, is this right? You know, what am I doing with my life right now? And having to turn to like, is really, really helpful. Um, So I would say like, find someone, at least one or two people you can turn to like at times like that, because going it, alone is really not the best thing to do um and some people can do it but like I think most of us really need someone yeah like kind of lean on it at times totally and even if it's not like a mentor or someone that is going to have the answers but a cohort of some some folks yeah. that are also learning too so you know it's like oh I'm not alone and feeling yeah confused or wow yeah. at least we're all doing it together or something like that there's something a balance of both is probably the ideal situation but yeah the yeah. power of of not feeling isolated. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And like, um, there are a bunch of developer communities and you don't have to get super involved. Like yeah. you don't have to dedicate too much time, but like something as a resource for when you are um, confused or when you yeah. do need help or guidance is like really helpful, I think. Yeah. Um, I and then, and then when you have those moments of like being confused or like, I have those all the time, but you have to like keep going. Like you can't, like, and I know that sounds really cheesy, like you have to keep pushing no. through the hard times, but it's so true. It's like really, really true. Um, you can't let those. And I think the way like the school system is set up, like we kind of feel like if I'm not perfectly like if I don't do this thing perfectly yep. the first time, I'm going to just give up, which is a mindset I had. And I think that's why like I would start and then I would get into like dummy right. manipulation with JavaScript and be like, I don't understand what's going on. I'm giving up. Yeah. But yeah. Um, kind it's of switching like, hey, it to that like growth mindset bit of like absolutely. okay I don't know that yet I'm going to understand this soon I don't understand it at this current like moment in time but I will and I know that I have the resources or community out there to help me figure it out <laughs> absolutely and I was just going to say that like you kind of have to do a mindset a mindset shift yes you're like okay I don't know this now but mm-hmm. hopefully one day I'll understand mm-hmm. it. and it and it really does happen like now I understand that mani- manipulation you know Heck yeah. Um, yeah. So oh that's one thing I can say is like kind of pushing through those moments. It's hard, but you got to keep going. And yeah. like, um, hopefully podcasts like this and communities like this can like help mm-hmm. you kind of realize like we're all just figuring this out. You know, I yeah. still don't know what I'm doing most of the oh time. So, Oh my gosh. I promise you I don't. <laughs> and yeah, you are not alone by any means. Absolutely. Yes. Please like reach out to us. And yeah, of course, yeah. I think that that is so true. Um, okay. Let's dive into just some quick rapid fire questions. Mm-hmm. First one, uh, favorite app on your phone? Favorite app on my phone? Hmm. Probably this is going to be really corny, but probably <laughs> TikTok. <laughs> Me too. I mean, you're not alone. It's like one of my favorite apps right now. Like, I I don't know. I just like the content that's there and it makes me laugh. And the algorithm like knows me so well. It's almost scary. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I fell into such a like deep Hamilton, Harry Potter algorithm uh, during, gosh, like March, really dark times. And that was like (laughs) one of the only joys that I had, you know, March 2020, but I like had that space that was like, okay, this gets me, you get me. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Did you just mention Hamilton? My favorite thing. I could talk all day about oh, Hamilton. Really? Oh my yeah. gosh. Yes. That was, that is, I mean, that was also a highlight of 2020 was them releasing yeah. that on Disney plus was like, just brought joy to the household. Yes. And I'm like seriously obsessed. Like it's a problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I but, it, and but it, yeah. it applies so well to like everyone making the remix versions of them to like recent events at the Capitol. Like I'm like yes, do it. Oh my yeah. god, it's just so good. Anyhow, okay, <laughs> yay. Your favorite tech stack. Like, what do you define in that? Like in the tech space, what are you most excited about? Probably Jamstack, just because mm-hmm. I feel like it's a great way to get up and running really quickly. I created my blog with Eleveny, which is in the like oh, nice. the, the Jamstack stack yep. um, realm. Plus, the way I learned Jamstack is really, really funny. <laughs> it's not funny. Like, actually, I should say I don't encourage people to do this. Actually, you know, if you decide to Wait, do it, like, why? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the story. I think in July, someone reached out to me and they were like, "Hey, we're having a Jamstack." Like, no, it was the. I think it was actually a GraphQL conference and they were having a panel all about Jamstack. And they were like, we would love for you to like be part of the panel. Uh, and at that point in time, I had no Jamstack experience whatsoever. Right. No, we but call I that conference-driven like, development in Devrel. Exactly. I love that. Heck yes. yes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I'll definitely do that. And like, as soon as we finished like our conversation, I was like, what is Jamstack? Like Dive what in. is going on? Yep. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You would be shocked by the amount of uh, <laughs> conference talks that I have submitted talks to and have no clue what yeah. anything was in that CFP that I just submitted. And then, you know, if it's accepted, I'm like, well, I guess I have to learn that now. But it's yeah. like an awesome reason to dive into something because then it's like, well, at least, you know, someone's interested in it or yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there's something lovely about that. Oh, that's so yeah. fun. And it's a great motivation because like I have to learn yes. how to do this. I'm going to talk have about it with like experts, you know, I was right. on the panel. <laughs> you're, you have a deadline that's like real and true and not made up and you're going to have eyes on you. Yeah. hundred percent. Totally yeah. can relate. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Great um, how do you start your morning? Um, coffee or tea or uh, neither? Hmm. Tea. Definitely tea. 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 Yeah. Um, how would you define your style of learning? Uh, probably project building is the thing project. that works best for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And learning in public. Yes. Back to that. Yeah. And well, and I think also there's something beautiful in being able to know exactly what your style of learning is. And so I'm always impressed when folks do and can name it and be like, yeah, I've tried and true. Like I've tried the other ones and that didn't work for me. And there's a art in that as well. So awesome. Okay. If you could go back and tell yourself a bit of wisdom, when would you pick and what would you say? Hmm. I would probably choose like when I was like 15 and I would probably say, you should start learning how to code and um, start learning like a foreign language or something like that. Like, mm. um, and also like travel as much as you can because in the next <laughs> few years, like you will not be able to do that. You're so stuck yeah. at home. Yes, <laughs> yes. Traveling. Um, okay. What are you excited to learn next? Hmm. Excited to learn next. I'm really, um, okay. So a little backstory. <laughs> I'm like obsessed with memes. And I have this continuous project that I'm building where I'm trying to build like a beam API. And then I wanted to, I want to turn it into like a a searchable, like a search engine of all my memes so that when I need one, I can just like search the phrase I'm looking for to like kind of match the situation. So Mm -hmm. I'm like really interested in um, looking into like API building and like what's the difference between REST APIs and GraphQL APIs and that kind of thing. It's like really interesting. 
me right now. So that's like what I've been um, getting into. Like I'm in a deep rabbit hole right now with that. And it's like really exciting. That is incredible. That is so fun. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to see the end result of that. Uh, what a fun project. I, yeah. Once again, project-based learning. That's an, it, yeah. You have to be like motivated by the thing that you want as the end result. I think that that's great advice in itself. Um, what's a good book you've read recently? A good book I've read? It's called Sharp Objects. I can't remember the oh, name of the author. Yes, but- I've read that. Um, and same author as Gone Girl. Yes, 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 yes. I remember. I dove into, after reading Gone Girl, I remember reading the other two immediately right after. And it's so good. It is so Oh my so gosh. Good. Dark, but good. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I like yeah. finished it in like a day. Like, oh I, my God, I love those. Oh. Yes. It was so good. I like to not put it down. And then also I started rereading the Hunger Games trilogy. <gasps> oh, an so incredible good. trilogy. An incredible yes. trilogy. Oh my gosh. I, I So I used to be an English teacher and I remember being able really? to teach Hunger Games before it was a movie. And it was so freaking fun because it matches really well with other like dystopian classics like yeah. 1984. And it just does some like cool parallels that you can read in a unit. But then when it came out as a movie, like, you know, kids would just watch the movie. You couldn't really keep the bargain <laughs> hard, but it was super fun. Oh, yeah. great, great, great choices. I Oh my yeah. gosh. It's so funny thinking about that author, that dark um, objects, no sharp objects. Um, remember there's like a twist in that book at the end. I won't say for no spoilers, <laughs> but I was running, uh, my first marathon and I remember running, listening to that audiobook and it getting to the twist and yelling out loud, like <laughs> gasping, because it happened. And then the person next to me, this really old man, I was running really, really slowly. And he, he, we were kind of running together. He was like, oh no, are you okay? Thinking that I had like torn <laughs> a ligament. And I'm like, oh no, my book just got so good. And I just like the look of like confusion and like, what, what? Um, you're listening to a book right now? But yes, yeah. good. Everyone go check it out. Um, okay. Yeah. Yes. Everyone. Back to, uh, that was my final rapid fire. But anyway, like what are some shout outs or resources that you want folks to go check out? I'll definitely be sure to include Egghead and everything that we've kind of like talked about so far um, in the show notes as resources, but like, you know, what, what do you want the We Belong Here community and listeners to, to explore? Yeah, sure. So I've mentioned this before, but I'll just reiterate. Dev.2 is like a really, really great yes. community and resource. Um, if you're thinking about writing or blogging or you're looking for like more materials to improve um, your skills in a specific realm, please check it out. It's like one of the, the things that have really helped me to progress in my career. Mm-hmm. That's like one of my uh, favorite, favorite resources. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Egghead. And I'll say CoSandbox, like Build some, yeah. build some projects with that and send them my way because I would love to to check uh, them out. That I love that. Okay, great. And then, but where can people find you online? So I'm mostly most active on Twitter at Ciorio underscore that's C-E-E-O-R-E-O underscore. And then on my website, Ciorio4.com. I write there. Um, I haven't been writing there much recently, but I plan hey, on getting back to that as soon as possible. No yeah, pressure, exactly. right? Yeah. <laughs> but those are the corners of the, the internet that I'm most active in right now. 
Okay. Incredible. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I'm so excited to see where and what else you like achieve in your journey. And it, it's just beginning. It's so it's so fun to know and hear from you now. Uh, we'll have to get you on in a future years to have a check-in on it. Thank you for sharing your advice, your wisdom with the listeners. I so, so appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. This was a great conversation. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Sounds good. And that's a wrap on today's episode. I'm Lauren Lee. Thank you for listening to We Belong Here. If you have any questions about this or any other episode, find me on Twitter at Lolo Coding. That's L-O-L-O-C-O-D-I-N-G. Shoot me an email or leave a comment on the We Belong Here website. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please subscribe and review the show on your podcast player of choice. And be sure to check us out next week for another story and lessons learned from an unconventional path to tech.